there's so many resources out there, whether it's a book, a podcast, a video uh, that you can get for free or very cheap. You know, right. A book costs like $20, and now you've just like shaved years off of the of your learning curve because learning from someone else's mistakes. You know, yeah, I may have spent thousands of dollars already testing different marketing uh, tactics. You can just buy the book, and now you don't have to do it. Sure. Same for all these uh, great authors out yeah. there. So I try to read one book a week. You are listening to The Real Estate Sessions with Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title, Tampa District. The Real Estate Sessions podcast is part of the Industry Syndicate Media Network. For additional real estate podcasts, check out industrysyndicate.com. Now, your host, Bill Rissa. Hi, everybody. Bill Risser with the Real Estate Sessions podcast, episode 186. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. It's how we continue to grow. I am coming to you uh, in a, a different setting. I'm not in my, my home studio, but I'm actually sitting in the brilliant sunshine of Orlando, Florida at the Explode Conference. And I'm, I've had the good fortune of having my guest here at the conference. His name is Brandon Doyle. Brandon is a realtor, team leader, author, speaker, educator, volunteer. He does so much stuff with, uh, with real estate up in the Minneapolis area. I'm very excited to talk to Brandon. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. First of all, you know we've met through the Inman kind of uh, group, and that's uh, a very common place for me to find guests is because Inman, there's so many people that come to that event. You were an ambassador one year at the same time I was. Yep. yep. So we both had that experience. We both wore t-shirts. Yes, right? indeed. Okay, very good. And I saw what you were doing, actually purchased your real estate marketing handbook. We're going to talk about that. Wonderful job awesome. there. Thank so you. I really wanted to get you on the show to, to talk about what you're doing in your business. But first, like with everybody, I want to start with where you grew up, where you live. You're from the Minneapolis area of Minnesota. My dad was born in, well, they, they relocated when he was nine years old. So oh, cool. I've been back there a couple times to see Very family. Nice. So let's, first of all, I want to talk about Minnesota. First, I mean, first, I'm sure you're happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this time of year. Warmer. What's, what's the temperature right now up there? It was about 40 degrees when I left the house. That's uh, like a heat wave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's spring though, right? <laughs> Springtime. So let's talk about, you're in Maple Grove, is that right? Yep, Tell me about Maple Grove, its proximity to the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. And I always ask this question, but I get some great answers. Give me your, the number one misconception about Minnesota. So Maple Grove is in the northwest suburbs of the Twin Cities. It's about 15 minutes out from Minneapolis. It's just a typical suburban community with you know all the chain restaurants, some local restaurants, uh, a lot of housing, a lot of single-family housing, a lot of townhouses, not a lot of condos or apartments, although we're starting to get some more of that. A lot of parks, um, very pedestrian-friendly. So a nice place to raise a family, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. yes. Perfect. Exactly. Tell me um, the number one misconception about Minnesota or Minnesotans. Yeah, so I don't think I have an accent, but a lot of people (laughs) think that we do. Uh, But we have two seasons, uh, the first being winter, obviously, and then uh, now we're entering the construction season. So, (laughs) Right. uh, That's when our state bird, the mosquito, comes out. There you go. I was waiting for that one. Land of 10,000 lakes. Yeah, 1,200 or something like that. There's an exact number now. I love Stop it. Stop counting. <laughs> I know it's it's where the Mississippi River starts. I don't know yep. if a lot of people know that, but it goes, it winds to that state. It's a crazy, yep. right? I mean, you can cross over it a million times going yeah. in a straight line somewhere, right? Yep. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I have to ask this question. I'm a big sports guy, and uh, and we're going to talk about where you went to school, which is St. Cloud State, right? Which mm-hmm. I know is a 
big go Huskies. Yeah, there you go. In a big <laughs> hockey hockey school. Yep. But let's talk about. I hear about this thing called pond hockey. Oh, Did yeah. you, have you ever played pond hockey? You know what? I actually grew up on a pond, so of course I played <laughs> pond hockey. Of course uh, you played pond hockey, right? Uh, as is typical of uh, any Minnesotan. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. Ha, was there ever an issue of the ice not being thick enough while someone was playing pond hockey? Hmm, I'm sure it's happened. I not, not to personally. Me, not okay, to me, so. good. good. That's that's good. I'm um, smart enough to wait. Let's talk about school. So you you go to St. Cloud State and. You actually get a degree in real estate. I don't know if you know how unusual that is. I've had a lot of guests on this show, and very few people go to college to actually study real estate. So I want to find out why you did that. Was there something in the family history that kind of drove you that way? What was the reason? Yeah, so uh, my father is a real estate agent. Uh, We have a team together now. Um, So I grew up around the industry, and I really liked uh, the numbers side of things, like uh, valuation and sales. Uh, So I wanted to learn more about that. Uh, And the program is focused more on commercial real estate and then development. Uh, But I've been able to apply a lot of those uh, principles uh, within our business uh, with like investor clients and, and that type of thing. I've actually went back and got my master's in real estate as well. I just finished that last year, December of last year. Congratulations. What what was the focus there? What are they talking? Is it still heavily heavy on the commercial side, or do they deal more on the residential side for you? So for grad school, it was mostly development and then like community planning, that type of thing. A lot of finance, very heavy finance. Yeah, which is which is a great thing to know as a realtor. I don't care what kind of property you're selling, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's that's super important. So you get out of school. Let's talk about the first brokerage you worked at. Was it the same one your dad was at, or did you go a different route? Yeah, so I actually was doing commercial real estate appraisal for a short while, okay. uh, working towards uh, my certification there, and that was around 2008. And so a lot of the properties I were looking at, you know, the businesses were struggling, and so they were trying to get cash out okay. uh, to stay afloat. And it was so I was fee based, and unfortunately, like uh, our business kind of slowed down. Mm-hmm. I needed to find a job with a salary, so I I went into hotel management for a while. And kind of decided that was a dead end career, uh, very high turnover. Can't really go too far with it. So uh, I decided to join my dad at uh, Dyna Realty. Oh, a Dyna, which is like yep. the king in Minnesota, right? It's a well, big. Well, now Remax is the king. Well, uh, <laughs> we, we switched. No. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. A but a Dyna was a big in, local. I want to call it a a big regional. Yes, yes. Uh, in Minnesota, they're yep. like a big name, right? Yeah. So in Minnesota, Dyna Realty, Remax, and uh, Cobalt Banker are kind okay. of the top uh, shops around that. People so when did you make the, the switch to Remax? Was it? I think it was about five years ago. Okay, so you've been there all. You've been yep. there a while now. Yep. I have to ask you, you're a young guy. Yep. And I want to ask you: There's got to be advantages to being a young guy in real estate, and possibly disadvantages to being a young guy in real estate. Do you have like an answer for both of those? Yeah. So early in my career, that came up a lot. But then, as soon as I could show my value, people thought I was a lot older. Actually. Okay. Uh, so that's been interesting. But uh, lately, I'm 34 now, and so it hasn't really come up anymore. Right. I'd say a big advantage would be the technology side, growing up with it and just kind of looking at things from a different angle. And not so, not being afraid of trying anything yep. or experimenting. Or, yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so our father-son dynamic works really well. 
a lot of our clients like that because they get uh, you know all these years experience and then they get the marketing edge right uh, that I bring to the table so. right something your dad probably wouldn't have had on his own to be honest yep. he'd have had to find that from some other Correct. source now it's part of the team and yep. everything's working great uh, how big is your team let's talk about the dynamics of the team and what you have going there yeah so we started with an assistant and then we had more leads than we could handle so we added a buyer's agent about three years ago i'd say maybe four and uh, that's been working out really well last year we had about we had four people on the team total including myself and my father this year we added two new agents and uh there are other st cloud state graduates so i i go back once a uh, semester and do like a, a course for a, just a day about so you go in and principles. talk about yep. someone from the field coming in almost yep. like a career day yep and you're out there scouting talent at the same time yeah <laughs> so i i volunteer on the alumni board and so i get to meet a lot of the students through that and then through the mentorship program and so one guy on our team was my mentee at the time and so okay. it's fun to be able to give back to my alma mater and that's awesome i love that mentor. i love that let's yep. let's stay on that volunteer track you are a volunteer you yeah. like to, I mean, you... Almost too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's one of my questions. Uh, so if you're, I know you're local, you're active at the local level, yep. is usually where it starts. Some, yep. Someone ropes you into a committee somewhere, yep. somewhere down the road. Once but then you say yes, yeah, they just keep asking. They keep asking. <laughs> but you also, at the state level, you're also an NAR mm-hmm. uh, with, the, with the, the National Association doing some things as well. Talk about how important that is, what it, what it does for you, um, mm-hmm. and why others really should consider it. Yeah, so early in my career, I got involved with uh, YPN, um, and that through YPN, I got introduced to a lot of people that um, really kind of carved out my uh, career path, opened a lot of doors for me. And so even like my first book, that would have never happened if it wasn't for the networking. Because um, you had a co-author on the, yep. a couple of co-authors on yep, the book, exactly. so you guys got together, right? Yep. So that all came from part of that association yep. connection, right? Exactly. Did YPN take you up to the national level? Is that what you got with NAR? Uh, so I'm not on any NAR committees currently, but I, yeah, through our local association is how I found out that I could volunteer for the national uh, committees. And I, before that, I wasn't even aware that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was, I don't think um, a lot of people do know that, right? Yeah. Until they to get involved. What do you say to somebody who comes to you and says, "Brandon, I'm thinking about volunteering. You know, should I?" Yeah. I would say don't bite off more than you can chew. Okay. You know, maybe just pick one or two things that you're really passionate about, whether that's government affairs, YPN, um, if you have a marketing committee or something like that. Yeah. Let's turn the attention back uh, to what you're doing a little bit. Um, you mentioned the first book, and all, and that one was Mindset, Methods, and Metrics, yep. um, Winning as a Modern Real Estate Agent. Love that title because it kind of it covers all the different things, right? Yep. How are you going to think about it? How are you going to do it? And how are you going to measure it, right? Exactly. I'm sure that was the whole premise. I didn't probably just answered my question, but, but talk <laughs> about, first of all, who are your co-authors on that book and how did that, where'd that idea come from? Yeah. So the idea originally came from going to Inman and seeing all these people on stage talk about like what they're doing, but I didn't feel there was a lot of actionable takeaways. And so I wanted a book that was written for, you know, Midwest agents, not a luxury market and things that I can do today. And, and various different budgets as well, because we don't all have you know hundred thousand dollars to spend on marketing. Right. Um, so I kicked that idea around with uh, Nick Dreyer uh, when we were out in San Francisco after a couple of beers, of course. Uh, and yep. then uh, 
we got back home and nothing really happened. I think maybe a month or two later, I was like, let's just, let's just do it. And so, uh, we put together a Kickstarter campaign. The original title was Going Beyond Your Sphere. Okay. And it was, you know, what marketing can you do beyond just your sphere of influence? And like, what are the tactics? How do we measure it? And uh, then through the writing process, that kind of changed the direction a little bit there with my focus being mostly, uh, on the metrics and a little bit of the methods. Uh, and our third co-author, Marshall, he's all about mindset. And so it was fun to bring in the different perspectives and kind of mold it all together. So where that St. Cloud education came in handy, right? Because you're the metric side of things, I'm yep. sure is a big part of in that and the masters as well. Yeah, exactly. I love that. The, the, the you have, you put a new book out about a year ago or am I a little, a little more than that? Uh, so the real estate marketing playbook came out last October, actually. Okay. And then uh, about a week ago, I released it on Audible as well because oh. a lot of people were asking. Did you do the recording? Marshall did the recording. Oh, okay. Because so. that's a and, process. I heard that's quite a process. Yeah. And a lot of back and forth with the Audible approval. Really? Yeah. Because they, there are certain things they're looking for. That's a very interesting yep. process. Yeah. Did he just record at a studio or? Yeah. So he has a studio. He does um, podcasting for okay. agents. In our local market, they gotcha. can come in and he does all the sound editing, engineering, and syndication of once they're complete. So. Nice. So here you are, yeah. system. So that's available there. Talk about because I love it. You call it a playbook, and that's exactly what it is. Tell me, tell me the t- t- tell the tell the listeners what that book does. Yeah. So each chapter is a different marketing method, and we break it down into you know what is the what is the tactic, um, how do you implement, what are some benchmarks key performance indicators you're going to want to pay attention to what are some expectations as far as like cash conversion how long is it going to take uh, from when you sign up to when you start making money how much yeah. you need to spend and then each chapter ends with some recommendations of vendors that i've uh, either used myself or vetted out uh, just to save a little bit of time right like it's a great book and so anyone listening I I I I own that one. Uh, it was really easy for me to pull information out of there and share it with people. Um of course I told them to buy a book, Brandon, as yes. well. So <laughs> let's let's talk about Inman a little bit more. Uh you you are a regular attendee of Inman. You, yep. uh, it's a place where the program is great and no offense to Brad and the crew, but it's the people and the connecting mm-hmm. and he, he'd admit that yes. is really the power. It's where people get together, ideas are born. Um, so give me your take, you know, for, first of all, not only the Inman thing, but you are also, you've been part of Explode for a while mm-hmm. now. Uh, you, you are, you're an author with Inman. Uh, you've been an ambassador, all this stuff. Tell me why that's important for you, how it's helped you in your business. So I'm all about collaboration. I like, uh, sharing ideas and kind of, uh, listening and, you know, what's working for other people in other markets. And so having those conversations and helping people overcome, uh, their challenging challenges is, uh, very rewarding for me. You were also recognized as an Inman innovator. What, Correct. when was that? And what was that about, kind of what were you doing at that time? So I was recognized as an innovator about six years ago and it was for T- 28 uh, years old. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was my first exposure to Inman. Actually, I wouldn't have been able to go out if it wasn't for that. So. Yeah, that was a great experience. So it was for my use of aerial uh, drones at the time. Wow, because that's we're talking the birth of the drone yeah. about six years ago. And now I had to build it, like from parts. Get out of here! <laughs> yeah. Get out of here! Did you tape a camera on it? What'd you do? No, it was mounted on there. <laughs> okay, it was just like GoPro and wow. the gimbal and everything. Yeah, so it's funny uh, to see people that 
are now using it every day, and if it's, you know, we were just way too far ahead. Yeah, of the see, curve, now you so just go to you go you to know, the, I spent all the money, and <laughs> now you can get one for you know five hundred dollars. You go to the corner um, store, pick one up, and you exactly know. maybe. So, are you licensed to fly a drone? Did you go through that you know process? I, uh, once the regulations started coming out, I decided I needed to outsource. Perfect. And so that, that's what I've done. Which is probably uh, what most people should do, anyways. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Let, and, let and the stuff changes quickly. Um, my big thing was the editing. You know, it's easy to fly the drone, but then you know you want to get it nice and well edited. Do you like uh, uh, editing video? No, it's horrible. It takes really, too really. Because so. it's weird. I just I... want to focus on sales. <laughs> okay, well, that's a good thing. I, I think you're, you know, the team is happy you're that way. Yeah. I, I love that. Like people ask me on my podcast, do I outsource the editing? I do it. It's like um, I call it. You know, people meditate. Mm-hmm. People do other things to find their to, to do. It's what it feels like to me. There's this rhythm and yeah. thing to it. You know, where I'm looking for phrases and pauses, and when I say um, <laughs> yeah. and I I can take care of that. It's weird, but it's a it's this this quiet time for me. But I get it. There are a lot of people who are just like, forget that. Um, let somebody else do that yep. who has uh, much better skills at a much better price than your time. Yep. Yeah, perfect. Good. Let's talk about, because you got that, that image connection, are there some people, and I don't, I'm not, I don't want you to leave somebody out or feel like you have to try to name everybody, but who are some people you look up to in the business who have maybe even been mentors or given you advice you've been able to ask questions to? Is there, is there someone that we would know? Yeah, so I would say anyone that's participating in the Inman Coast to Coast group on Facebook, all of the ambassadors, way too many to list. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. But, you know, you see this uh, familiar faces at every event. It's kind of the same crew kind of moves around and, uh, you know, we go to dinner with them uh, and, and, and really outside of the event. So I'm sure you've picked up an idea or two at one of those dinners. Oh, yeah. It's definitely. amazing. That's where the best stuff comes <laughs> where, where people share what's going yeah. on. Yeah, it's really what's working, what's not. Yeah. And since you're in Minnesota and they're generally not in your backyard, everybody's just kind of sharing and, yep. and picking up ideas. I love that. This is a weird interview style question, but you're younger. So I'm going to ask you this. Generally, when I interview somebody, okay. they're closer to my age. Okay. But where, where do you see yourself in five years? Now, we, that, it involves you thinking about what's happening in our market, what's happening in our industry, I should yeah. say. You know, we got some crazy stuff going on, but let's say you could uh, snap your fingers and this, this is where you would be. What, mm-hmm. what would you see that as? Yeah. So currently as a team leader, I'm very happy with that. Uh, the plan is to continue to grow the team, uh, provide opportunities to our team members. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also do a little bit of consulting for uh, real estate tech companies. And I found that to be very rewarding. I could see myself transitioning into a role with a a tech company eventually if the right opportunity came along. Sure. But hard to, uh, you know, walk away from sales when, you know, I set my own schedule and the money is pretty good. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, there is that part of, of being a realtor. Now it's funny. You, you know, more this more than anyone. I think so many people think real estate's the greatest gig when they're outside of it. They're like, Oh, it's, it's like you work part time, set your own schedule, make a lot of money. It's awesome. Yeah. Not even close to the truth, right? right? Yeah. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah. I think on average, I work about 55 hours a week and, you know, I'm putting in the time. There's a, if you look at any of the, anyone that's successful in general, they're all hard workers. Like if you boil down everything, they're just hard workers. Right. They just keep trying, they keep going. And that's it. Like it's, it's, it's really that simple. <laughs> look, as we're sitting here poolside at the Rosen Plaza Hotel in Orlando, we just went through the morning session and explode. I kept hearing that same refrain over and over. 
It's mm-hmm. about working hard. You know, people want shortcuts. There really are no shortcuts. No. It's always hard work. It's, all, and it's, it's maybe taking the technology that's out there and adapting it to, yep. to make your work, the hard work, go farther. Is that yeah, sound okay? makes sense. Yeah. And there's so many resources out there, whether it's a book, a podcast, a video, uh, that you can get for free or very cheap. You know, right. a book costs like $20, and now you've just like shaved years off of the of your learning curve because learning from someone else's mistakes, you know. Yeah. I may have spent thousands of dollars already testing different marketing uh, tactics. You can just buy the book and now you don't have to do it. That's, that's absolutely true. for all these uh, great authors out yeah. there. So I try to read one book a week. It's hard to keep up with that pace sometimes. But Audible helps, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got a lot of windshield time. Yep. I, I, that's what I call it for realtors. Yeah, right? oh, yeah. Where you've got time to plug something in. You should, as tempting as ESPN is, yeah, it's not. It's much more effective to throw a book or a podcast on. Yep. That's going to help you. Yeah, I yeah. So that. I listen in the car yeah. and on a plane. Yeah, that's about it. So <laughs> I'd yeah, say I was gonna the say gym, but hard, I don't work out. So <laughs> hardly ever at home, though, right? Because no, you got the TVs no. on. I get. TV, I'm the same way. It's it's usually in a vehicle or pay or attention to my fiance in a plane. Good call, pants. Brandon. <laughs> Good call. We can have a whole another conversation about that. I'll I'll give you some tips later. Let me ask you this: iBuyers, OfferPad, Open Door, all that stuff. Are they in Minneapolis? Yep, so Open Door rolled out maybe six months ago, okay. and then Zillow Offers is rolling out right now. Okay, so you're just getting your first taste of it, as yep. opposed to like Phoenix, where I lived for a number of years. They've had it for eight, yeah. nine years now. Um, any feedback on what how it's going up there so yeah. far? Um, so we had an interesting situation where a seller had already had an offer from Open Door, and she... You know, thought that it was worth more, and it definitely was. Uh, so she was interviewing three agents, and we were we were one of them. And uh, during the listing presentation, it didn't really seem like we had built a lot of rapport. And so I wasn't sure if we were going to get it or not. But then at the end, when we were going over the net sheet, she had asked about open door. And afterwards, she had said that I was the only agent that was able to explain, was knowledgeable about who they are, what they're doing. And was able to give her like real stats and make the comparison using the net sheet and and kind of talking through you know what it would take to get that additional amount of equity. Whereas one of the other agents just went in and badmouthed the company, which is not a very good tactic. I mean, yeah. for, the, for the right person, the iBuyer model makes a lot of sense. Right. And then the third agent just didn't was clueless. So being knowledgeable about that uh, really gave us the opportunity to uh, showcase our skills and, and kind of show where the value is coming from. I believe an agent, much like the Zestimate freaked everybody out in the beginning. Now, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the easiest things to use in a, mm-hmm. oh, a yeah. sell, in a presentation. You, you know how to yeah. talk about a Zestimate. Exactly. Same things that can occur with all the iBuyers and all yep. these other methods um, that are rolling out, the new models. Just understand it. In fact, like you said, there might be the opportunity someday where you might suggest to a, a listing, you know, presentation to a to a potential seller, you might be better off over here, mm-hmm. and that's I think the right way to think about it. Isn't yeah, it? and you can still get I think it's like one percent or something. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it, look, they're, if they're just going to go there on their own, I mean, it, it's yeah. your job is to help people and serve people. Correct. I think Correct. it's you know, so I think that's wonderful. And there's a good reason that uh, these companies came around. You know, it's. Uh, the model as it is right now is kind of broken. It is extremely stressful. Um, I, I sold a townhouse recently, my own, uh, and I, one of my buyer 
backed out like midway through. And so I, I, I get it. And yeah. we have a little dog. And so the 40 showings were very disruptive. Uh, yep. So like, I, I definitely understand. Like I had to clean my house more than I normally <laughs> like, uh, yep, yep. kind of a messy guy. Yeah. But so like, these are the pain points that the, our sellers are going through. And so just being upfront and addressing that, you know, really helps. And so what we do is we, uh, we want to showcase our listings as best possible from day one. And so we do the whole staging. We do all the, any repairs ahead of time. Nice. And then professional photography, obviously, if you're not doing that, you're, you're in the wrong business. Yeah. Uh, and then we go live either Thursday or Friday. Reason being that it syndicates out to all the websites, hits people's email boxes, and it compresses all the showings onto the weekend. Yeah. That way you get the scarcity mentality because the buyers are seeing other buyers there. And then it's a lot easier for us to just tell the seller like, Hey, this weekend's going to be crazy. Go Our take goal. a trip. Is to just get it sold by Sunday. <laughs> wow, that's uh, I love that. And in this market, it's been working out really well for us. Uh, as the market continues to change, we'll see. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you make adjustments, right? Exactly, I mean, that's and exactly. I think that's the I think that's the most important thing that a realtor brings to the uh, to the equation is understanding where we're at in the cycle, mm-hmm. the the many different you know levels of the cycle that we have in this business, and then optimizing it for that customer at that particular time mm-hmm. for their particular situation, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. even during the downturn, I mean, the same amount of homes sold, people yeah. need to move. <laughs> yeah. So they, their equity position changed. That was yeah. about it. Yeah. But those are the people that uh, the value went down, if they stayed, the value came back up. So it really yeah. didn't affect them as, right. That's true. as bad as uh, That's one true. would think. Brandon, I we got to get back inside because they're <laughs> they're yes. getting ready to to break for lunch. I've got to meet my uh, my associate. You've got some work to do. Um, I want to ask you the same question I've asked every guest. The mm-hmm. same final question that is: if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started in the business, what would it be? Uh, so I'm actually going to give two answers. Okay, the first no problem. is going to be focus on your database. Uh, Nurture the relationships, but I'm sure that's the answer that you hear We've, over I've heard and it over again. A few times, yeah. Uh, so uh, my other piece of advice, and I think it's uh, more timely now as we're seeing shifts in how some of the portals operate, is to not put all your eggs in one basket. Mm. You should diversify your lead generation efforts. And then also don't rely, one, don't rely on uh, one company in particular. And if possible, build your own uh, so build your own website with like create the content. So you're the one that's generating leads. You're not reliant on buying the leads from, from someone else because at any time they could just turn them off like that or they can increase the price, you know, get a, like a bidding war and then, then it's no longer profitable for you. And that, that's a tough position to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And you're talking about, you know, you're talking about content. You're talking yep. about local, exactly. local community niche yep. content that just you have it never life. goes out of style. Exactly. Yeah. And great. it demonstrates your expertise yeah. as well. I love so. that. Brandon, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, we can connect on Facebook. Just search for Brandon Doyle. I'm very easy to find. I mean, in most of the uh, real estate groups as well, pretty okay. active participant. Books are available at Amazon? Yep. Okay. I'll put and a link audible. in the show notes so people can go uh, awesome. see those as well. Um, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for your time today. I know I kind of ripped you away from the conference for a it's second, right. but I, I go, he's going to be in Orlando. I got I can't pass yeah. on this opportunity. I appreciate the time. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you.